Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Let me have a word of prayer with you. Father God, we love you and we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your goodness. You're the lamb that was slain. For your blood was poured out, your body was broken. And Father, today we come before you, Lord, with, with some of us hearts that are full and overflowing. And for others in this room, Father, we come to you empty. Father, we come to you seeking. Father, I know that as I have been praying over this message for the last couple of weeks, Father, that I know that there is something that is supposed to be said and done in this message today. So, Father, I turn my will over to you. And, Father, no matter what is done or said, Father, I want to give you glory for it all. And yet, Father, I ask that you'll hide me behind the cross and Lord, I say this often, let me just be a mouthpiece of praise for you. Father, today in America, we're not speaking truth. And Father, today I pray that you'll help us to understand the word so that as it is spoken, people will understand why the significance to this such historical moment in time took place. So Father, today... You are the king, and you are the healer. And Father, you've already spoke to my heart. And so, Father, right now, I don't know who it is, but I uplift them right now in this room. I ask for a miracle, a touch, for healing, for deliverance over sin, and the struggle of sin that they're going through. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, the pure Lamb of God, which was Jesus, who came, who died, and who redeemed us from our sins. So, Father, today we ask that you will just start to do a work. Father, right now, let us feel your presence. Father, and as we sup from your table, Lord, we pray that you will just speak to us. Father, I, I could probably just take this whole service today and just pray, but, Lord, I ask that uh, you'll teach us something pure from your word and challenge us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. One month ago, one month ago, we celebrated the glorious resurrection of who? Of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is alive and present and active in our lives. Amen? So the question is, what came after? What came after the resurrection. And this morning we're going to consider the Emmaus Road. And there were some ladies that went to the tomb. So if you will please turn in Luke chapter 24 with me please. But there were some ladies that went to the tomb because they were seeking the living among the dead. Is what the scriptures say. It reminds me much of our own lives and our own walk. Sometimes we're seeking things that are dead. There's no hope. But what I enjoyed about the first part of this was that there were two men. Cleopas, Cleopas, Cleopos, it's Cleopas. But some say, is it the same as Cleophas, or Cleophas, but today we're going to name him because he's a dude. What's up, my brother Cleo? So I will refer to him as Cleo today. Because God used somebody that people normally would never think he would use. But that's kind of how Jesus is, isn't he? So if you're in this room and you think, wow. I don't really understand, and I don't understand who the Jesus of Nazareth is. I don't understand who the resurrected Christ is. It's okay. 
You will. And you'll learn as you seek him out. And today, that Jesus of Nazareth loves you because he died for you. And he was buried. And he rose the third day. But within that 40-day span, something took place. Something took place with two people. Don't say much about him again, but maybe you're one of those two people. Maybe you're one that is saying, I want to be used. I want to know him deeper. I'm going to find out who he is. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong place. For he's no longer among the dead. He's among the living. Hallelujah. For he is the resurrected Christ. The Emmaus Road. Watch closely. only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things which have happened there these days? What things? The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, mighty indeed, worthy for God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who would redeem Israel. ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? You hoped it was he who would redeem Israel. Was it not in the garden, when sin was birthed, that the conquering of sin was promised? From the beginning there was the promised coming of one who would smite that serpent of old, but not without suffering affliction. What relevance does any of this have with the Messiah? You call us fools, claiming we do not believe the prophets. My entire life, I lived under the foot of Rome. The only hope I had was in the prophets, in the words they had written, in the Messiah they had promised. This Jesus, I hope, I believe, he was the one. And then they killed him. foot of other nations in Babylon, Daniel prophesied that the Messiah would be cut off, but not for his sake. David said that his hands and feet would be pierced, his garments would be divided, and for his clothing they would cast lots. 
just as the rock in the wilderness had to be struck by Moses in order to bring forth water, so too the Son of Man had to be stricken to bring forth living water. Our village is here. Please abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. servant spoken of by Isaiah he was pierced for our transgressions crushed for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him by his wounds we are healed burn within us as he talked with us on the road and as he opened the scripture to us we have to tell everyone <laughs> Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 32 The word Emmaus, yet the city of Emmaus, they said the road to Emmaus, if you were to actually go there to Jerusalem, they would say welcome, just to let you know there is no such place at this point. I did some research on it as well to find out that it was interesting that, you know, it was such an important and significant time. See, here's the setting. Jesus had 40 days, right? He walked on the earth. It's been one month now. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this was because I believe that our life, our Christian life, is based upon our faith. Our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amazing that a disciple or apostles can walk with Jesus, yet not recognize him who he is. For we don't believe what we cannot see. They wanted to believe in him, yet their faith was faltering. They wanted to experience him, yet they didn't realize that he was among them. I like in this little uh, clip where he touched one of the apostles... It, it caught his attention. I like that in there. It doesn't say that, but I thought it was very interesting. But I want to read, if you will, please, follow along with us, either on the screen or in your Bible. And I'm only going to take a few minutes today. I always say that, right? But I'll go till I'm done, or till the Lord's done. But here's what Luke chapter 24, verse 13 reads, and it says this. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So the crazy thing for me, church, was that they were heading to a place that they were going away from. Kind of reminds me of us. Oftentimes we go away from the place where there's history, where things are going on. People will leave the church. They will walk away from the church. And I'm thinking, but that's where you found hope. You found hope in Jesus, but you're walking away from the very place where Jesus was just experienced 
So here they are in Jerusalem. They see the crucifixion. They see what Jesus goes through. Yet now they're walking away from Emmaus. I kind of like the visual. I thought it was really cool. Much like us, we walk away from the fellowship with Christ when he's back there. And then we cry, we weep, we well, and we ask, where's God? Or where's Jesus? You're the one that stepped away from him. He's still there. Listen, I'm going to be a disappointment. You're going to be a disappointment. People are disappointments. But Jesus isn't a disappointment. There's life. Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no man comes into the Father but by me or through me. So it continues. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. In verse 15. Now we're in 16. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Makes my mind sometimes like, This whole story was amazing. He just rose from the grave. Now we're going to see here. I mean, he's already experienced Peter. Wonderful godly women stopped by. They experienced from the angels of the Lord that Jesus is alive. And yet we all go about our business. It kind of reminds me of Easter. Easter's over and we're on here, you know, seeing a glorious day and watch the Lamb. We're, I mean, we are pumped. It's exciting. And then we go back to our regular lifestyle. We forget the hope that we found in Jesus Christ on that road to Emmaus. Because again, we didn't experience His fullness. See, resurrection service for a Christian is every day of our life. I have to get up here and preach the resurrected Christ. It is my responsibility, as you will see in the Gospels, before Jesus, you know, ascended into heaven. It's our responsibility to preach and to teach that Jesus is alive. You have to make him personal right here in your heart. And this is how this whole story plays about. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have one another as you walk and are sad? It's interesting how the New King James Version says that, but we'll keep going and I'll, I'll go back to that. And he said to them, what kind of conversation that you are so sad that your face is downtrodden or downcast? Then the one whose name was Cleo answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? Listen, do you know what happened around here? Interesting question, isn't it? As he's asking Jesus... The great I am, Emmanuel, God with us, doesn't even know. But it said their eyes were restrained, so I always look at it like that, right? So he said to them, what things? Now, if it was back in the 70s when different strokes were going on, Jesus would have said, what are you talking about, Willis? You know, that's my little phrase. So he said, so what's the thing? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was the prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Now the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today's the third day since these things happened. Yes, and a certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body... They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Are we having some difficulties with that today? I kind of, it's a little slow, huh? I kind of figured as much. And uh, I'll just go ahead and read it then. Let me know when it wakes up. So in the mighty name of Jesus, we bind Satan and we allow this PowerPoint to work. So in a certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found even so as the women had said that him they saw not. Then he said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Verse 26, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
and in verse 28, and they drew nigh into the village, uh, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. This is my King James Version Bible. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, them that were with them. And we're going to go ahead and pause right there. The disciples went into hiding during the crucifixion. All but John who stayed with Jesus during the entire crucifixion. But now amid rumors that Christ was alive and it even appeared to Peter, two of the disciples were out walking now on this road, the Emmaus Road, and they find Jesus just seven miles from Jerusalem. They're talking about everything that had happened in amazement. And a third person, this, as you can see, a mysterious figure appeared and joined them on the road. So for the two disciples, Cleo and his friend, this was a dark road. This is a rocky road. This was a miserable road. The word says their faces were downcast and they were sorrowful. Why they were reflecting on everything that took place. Everything that had happened. It had been the craziest three years of their lives. They had walked day and night with Jesus. God in human form. What would it have been like? Just think about that. What would it have been like to even spend a few minutes with Jesus would be a dream beyond anything I could imagine. But they spent three years with him. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like you were swept up into something bigger than yourself? Something special in your life. And if you have, you know that that's an incredible feeling. That's a powerful feeling. To know you were and are a part of something special, important, bigger than yourself. You know, when we come to this church, we know that this church is bigger than what we could have ever done on our own. And yet, sometimes it's very hard, much like the disciples, it was a hard time for them. It had been a, a hard time of constant controversy as some accepted and some rejected the teachings of Jesus Christ. I think many of us can relate in this room this morning. Kind of a similar situation on the Emmaus Road. We've been through COVID-19 pandemic, right? We've lived through it and so much more in the past few years. And we were not passive participants and some were very very involved through it. We were engaged in the battle, many of us day and night, serving as part of God's army. In the wake of all that, we've been left with wounds and yet battle scars, and people have PTSD from it now. We've been left with unresolved traumatic stress. And I'm sure that some of you in this room can relate how I've felt at times. Maybe for some in this room, you've just been a bit downcast, a bit discouraged, a bit melancholy, a bit reflective, sitting back, wondering at everything that's ever happened, you know, through the whole COVID-19, losing people you love, not realizing that something such a uh, traumatic situation like this would leave such an uh, impact upon our lives. Many of you relate to this mindset. Do you 
Now find yourself in ponderous self-reflection. After everything, we often drift off into quiet moments and think about what everything meant through COVID-19 and what it all meant to us. So one might say, we're all together walking on this road. The Emmaus Road, through the cool air, the trees, maybe the branches, the rocks and bushes, wondering to ourselves, what just happened? Very often, we are left wandering as Christians. And when a question pops into our head, Jesus doesn't simply or suddenly pop up and the answer uh, to the question and doesn't answer the question just like that, does he? No, we're often left wondering, what in the world was all this about anyhow? All these situations, all the hardships, the trials that I just faced, what just happened? What did it mean? Why did it happen like this? So here are the two disciples. They're walking along. And it's really funny because in this narrative they say Cleo, and some say, I know it said Two disciples. So I did a little bit of studying. Some said could have been Cleo's wife. But we know that there's two people and they're walking along. And yet this mysterious figure shows up. The third person joins them. Joins them and they don't know who he is. But this person speak to, speaks to them about Jesus and points to all these different scriptures from the Torah. From the prophets which remind the disciples of what it's really all about. I think for many of us in this room, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes things get just a bit fuzzy, and we lose touch with what really matters. And yet this man tells the two disciples, Remember, remember, this is what was supposed to happen. God planned it out that way. It had to happen this way. If Jesus hadn't died, there would be no forgiveness for sins, and death wasn't the end. And Jesus says, oh, but listen, this isn't the end, guys. This isn't the end. It's what this mysterious figure seems to say as they walked this dry, barren road. It says their hearts were burning within them. Their hearts began to blaze with truth. And this third figure, Jesus is igniting something inside them from the cold ashes of once a blazing fire. Fresh logs fall. Leaves and dust cover the sparks. Turn to open flame. This morning, I'm going to ask you this important question. How close are you to God? Have you been walking through this journey with him? No matter how close we are to God, no matter how effective our prayer life, how deep our study of Scripture, we often forget and drift and lose heart. Many of us sometimes become discouraged and a little depressed, a little cynical, walking that long road, thinking to ourselves, well, I guess it's just too late. Well, it didn't go my way. Well, the Lord is missing. Where is he? Jesus might say to us today, How foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Do you see this? So they listen to him on the road. And at the end of the road, they invite this stranger to eat dinner with them. The man breaks bread for them and they eat and their eyes are open and they realize that it's Jesus right in front of them. I love this song, The Battle Belongs. I was going to say, Beck doesn't always know my my messages, and I didn't share this message with her, and this is what I was going to say earlier when I said my wife doesn't know sometimes. Becky prays over our song list, and I love that, and she takes a lot of time. And a lot of times her and I are worshiping before we even start our worship, before the other prelude to the worship and the other worship and praises. We're doing all this at home. We're preparing our hearts for what God has for us. And yet today's song list said the battle belongs to God. He is with us in the battles we face. As we patiently follow the Savior, He inevitably comes to us on the road and encourages us and gives us new hope. Our sorrow is turned to joy and excitement, and our timidity is turned to boldness. 
This is the mystery of divine personality. This is the mystery of how God communicates with us. The mystery of who he is. He is the God who turns sorrow into joy. Now, before I go into this, into these scripture verses, I want you to know I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what depression, discouragement that you're going through. Huh? I want you to know that God is with you. God is with you through the difficult times. God is with you through your addiction. God is with you through your hurt. God is with you through your abandonment. Listen, if you're having family issues, it's okay. God is with you through it. God will see you through it. Even though this road might seem somewhat like, where is Jesus? You know what I find interesting about this whole story? It says that they had lost their way. Listen, if Jesus is the way, and he's the truth, and he's the life, why are we losing our way? Do you think that Satan is a respecter of persons? He is not. He hates you. He loathes you. But I want to tell you today that we have an all-powerful, all-loving, great God and Savior Jesus Christ who went to a cross and who died for you and wants to give you hope. He wants to give you peace. He wants to hear what you have to say. And listen, listen to me closely. You have to experience him. You know what this whole story is about? Experiencing who he is maybe on your journey right now. Maybe whatever you're going through right now, you're like, I feel like I just can't sense him. I can't touch him. I can't feel him. Why is that? Because we have to invite him into our space. We have to acknowledge who he is and know that he is the Christ that died for us and rose. And in that 40 days before that ascension, that he came to give life. Here's what it was. They believed the prophets They called Jesus the prophet, right? Yet, they didn't understand the power that was right among them. They were all walking together and they were talking together. Listen, you know, we have new hope for recovery. It's not just going through a principle. It's not just coming. You know what it is? It's pouring into your life. It is loving one another. It's helping one another. Listen, I don't care what meetings you go to. If you go to an, if you're at an AA meeting or celebrate recovery, whatever that meeting looks like for you, you know what you're doing? You're celebrating your recovery in Jesus Christ. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to know that today on this journey, before you get to your destination, we're going to take a detour. And in that detour, you're going to find Jesus, the one that gives life. And he will deliver you and he will give you hope. You'll understand him better than you've ever understood him. Because the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, my heart, that God has raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then when he says, for whosoever, everybody, anybody, rich, poor, red, yellow, black, or white, they're all precious in his sight. I died for you, and you can get saved. He wants to save you from that. Hallelujah. Here's what happened. Good old Cleo and his buddy, they lost their way. Because here's what happened on their little journey to Emmaus. They didn't realize because they didn't have the faith and the reality to understand who this man was. It is up to me to challenge you, to encourage you to do what? Have a heart change. That's what it is. I'm not saying that. You heard me say it in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It's a heart change. It's you seeking him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your mind, with all your emotion, with everything you have, you give it all to him and say, here I am, God, because you bow down and you say, God, here I am. I give you it all. You'll never find hope in this world. You'll never find hope unless you experience the resurrected Christ. You'll never find hope. You'll never find joy. You'll experience sorrow, depression, discouragement, illness, sickness, unless you understand that he replaces 
this sorrow for joy. Look what the scripture says. I just popped a bunch of them up there. Psalms chapter 30, verse 11. Now that we're back up and running. It says, you have turned from me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. The next verse says this. And I love this in Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. He says in Isaiah 61, 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance for, of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console, tho- console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, that he may be praised, that he may be glorified, that he may be worshipped. That comes from a prophet. Then we continue in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together, for I will turn their mourning to joy will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow he'll make them dance he'll make them praise he'll make them do all kinds of stuff most assuredly i send you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy Woo! listen God is not intimidated with your Emmaus Road experience. Why? Because it shows right here, I showed up. Jesus showed up. And it was right at the moment that they began to break the bread and drink of the cup that Jesus in his love and in his sovereignty said, Here I am. I was broken I was spilled out. I was poured out for your sins, for all humanity. And I know you might have lost sight of who I am, but you don't have to. Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you that before long, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to bless your life so that you could tell other people that Jesus is alive, that he's not dead. He wasn't just a prophet, that he was the son of the living God. That's What all took place right there. That's what just happened. In this life, and I'm going to close, we will face troubles, battles, dark times. Can we please turn the fans on? Difficulties, but we must continue to believe that God will come to us in the most unexpected ways. Listen, church, to do what? To help us, heal us, encourage us, and bring us through. He has not abandoned us. He is still with us. For some of you, maybe some of you, even when it seems like things or everything's out of control, God is still in control. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Or forsake you. Do you believe that? So after this encounter on the Emmaus Road, the two disciples gathered gathered with others and told them about meeting Jesus. And suddenly Jesus appeared in their midst and he encouraged them. He encouraged them to believe that he was really alive. And here's what it says in verse 36. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands, my feet. That is I myself. You see, they handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. 
And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to him, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, not the first day, not the second day, but the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And all of you, all of you are witnesses that I showed up here today. All of you are witnesses. Then it says this in Luke chapter 24, verses 51 and 53. Now it came to pass while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. I want you to say to the person next to you, you are blessed. Now I want you to look at him and say, I received that. Church, I want you to right now reflect right now on the fact that you can trust God with your life. You can trust God to come to you. You can trust God to be with you and always on that rough road. He has not left you alone. And you will find new hope, new encouragement, new strength to carry on through the ups and downs of life. He will turn your confusion and even your sorrow into rejoicing. Great joy. And the fire within that burns with passion for the risen Christ may have dwindled down, but seek the Lord, and He will stoke your fire with fresh kindling within your heart that will once again burn brightly. Let me ask you something. If I were to go through here, because it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, what's it say? And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If I were to walk through here, God has blessed you with a beautiful baby boy, a healthy child, a beautiful new home, all new experiences of life. I can go down through here and say God has blessed all of you with something in your life. And yet, I believe that there will come moments in your life where you will forget. Because the road is difficult. Following Christ is difficult. Yielding your life, surrendering to Him is difficult. But if we're going to be sold out and separated and sanctified and all the other S words, then we're going to have to give Him our life. I'm going to ask you a question today. And it's so cool that Jerry asked it in class. It was the last time you heard the Holy Spirit speak to you. When was the last time that he showed up right next to you as you were journeying and you didn't heed his call? When was the last time that, that you think, wait, is that just coincidental? What did I just hear? That's called the Holy Spirit. That's called Jesus. That's called him communicating with you. Let me share this story with you. And then we'll pray. I, uh, this past week, you know, Beck and I are always asking God to really reveal himself to us. And... Our prayer is always, God, reveal yourself. Show us in whatever way possible. So we were down in Hartville, and we were at the Hartville Flea Market, and we were at one of the stores, and uh, we were noticing some, some activity going on. These ladies were trying on this dress and, and uh, having a good time, but they tried, she tried on this dress, and she kept trying on the dress, and they were all making a big deal over this dress. I didn't know. I was just sitting over there. Becky had tried on her dress, and... I said, well, you know, I, I was kind of noticing, but not really paying attention. And uh, we get up to pay for our things. And uh, the one sister-in-law had, had come over, bought her things. And uh, the owner of the store looked at us and said, oh, did you guys know that uh, she has a church? She's the first lady of the church, just like you, Becky. And Becky's like, really? And where are you from? They're from Colorado. And sweet disposition, just sweet, sweet people. And, 
you could just tell that, that her, her disposition was just, you could tell they've served for 40 years in their church. And my wife leans over to me and says, can we buy her that dress? I said, is that what the Lord told you? <laughs> I'm not going to argue with God. <laughs> she said, yes. I said, then tell her to go get the dress, and we're going to buy it for her. Well, she ran over. She, she said, go get your dress. We'd like to gift you with, with this dress. And she, it was actually a coat, not a dress, a coat, gorgeous coat. And it was right at that moment that I said to myself, self, what did you just agree to right now? This could be a car payment. Just kidding. I, and uh, all right. Maybe I wasn't kidding. But so we always just listened to the Lord. And, and so uh, she went and grabbed it. And she started weeping. And she took her hands and put them in her face like this. And the next mov- movement that I saw really kind of moved my spirit. Because she said, thank you, could barely speak. But she said, could you come here? So she looks at Becky and she's like, so she goes over, and they're in between all of these clothes. And she said, I have to tell you something. I was trying to do one of these numbers. <laughs> I wanted to hear what she had to say. She said, we're up here for a shower, and I'm also up here to encourage my brother who has cancer. And to pray over him and to just be with him. But I've been very discouraged in the ministry. I have felt like this road we've been traveling on has just been lonely. See, Jesus is with her on her Emmaus road. She didn't know it. And here's what she said. Listen closely. She said, I prayed this morning. God, do you still hear my prayers? Do something specifically just for me. And I'll know that you hear my prayers and she said with tears flowing and her heart broke she said I can't believe it he heard my prayers he's not way out there I know we've been in the ministry for a lot of years but God is close he's tangible he's right here this is the most amazing thing she's like you could just see it you could just feel it I mean you You knew that what God did. So now we're all just weeping and wailing in the store, right? And then the store owner goes, I just think we all need to pray right now. Let's just have, let's pray. Let's just, everybody join hands. I said, okay. So we made it a prayer meeting. We were just, okay, what's your prayer request? What's your prayer request? So right there in the center of the store. Now this is what's interesting. Nobody else walked in. We all had a great time of prayer. But here's what I thought was cool. That Jesus was glorified through all of it. Did Luke end up getting that picture? Okay, I didn't know if you got that. Okay, it's okay. Um, We took a picture with her. But I, you know, it's for us to pray for her and to, to encourage her and her husband in the ministry. But we walked away. We just wanted to sing zippity-doo, my darling, and click our heels up in the air. And it's just great to be able to see and to experience just really when God uses not just us, that in our journey, God will use you. I'll ask you a question. You know, when was the last time that you talked to God? When was the last time that you just gave him your all? Was it today? Was it a little bit ago? Was it this morning? Was it during this message? And if you haven't, I want you to. Now, I, I want you to know something. That the whole storyline, all about this, the whole, what this whole thing was about the Emmaus Road before Jesus ascended, he said, and you heard me read it, go preach the gospel. Tell people, but live it. Make it real. Live it. Let people see that Jesus is alive. That's what this was about. Now they didn't have to say, oh, was he just a prophet? 
he's still in the tomb. No, he was not in the tomb. He wasn't just a prophet. He was the son of God. He was Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords. He was the great I am. He was the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. He's all those things because he's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He is Jesus. And we have to let people know, church, I want you to know I could talk all day because I love Jesus. And I've experienced him on my Emmaus road. Take your experiences, your Emmaus Road experiences, and say, God, come on in. Come on in. So today, I said, this is me in my bedroom. I'm putting my suit on. I look in the mirror and I said, Jesus, you revealed something to me today. I know you all think I'm crazy, but this is what I did. I said, you revealed something to me today. I often wonder where you are in this destination of my life. This has been a rough road this past year. But I know this. You're the God of the detours. You're still here. You're on my Emmaus Road experience. God, you're with me. You're for me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. God, you are for me. And today I'm celebrating it. I'm declaring it right now. Thank you, Jesus. So let me just say this with you. Pull that up on the screen. Talk to God right now and reaffirm complete trust in his will and plan. Even when it's hard, invite him in to heal you, to heal you right now in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Talk to God and let him speak to you. Do you receive that today? Do you receive that today? Do you believe that today? Do you accept that today? And when God tells you to do something, do it because you're of value to him. You're not just Brother Cleo. You are the Cleo. You know what I'm saying up in there? Now I'm going to say this to you as well. God will use you just like we use everybody else. And today, if you were to die, are you 100% sure that you know Jesus? And if you don't, I want you to come forward and get saved and ask God into your life. And your journey will start. This Emmaus Road journey will start. It'll change your life forever. I am living proof of it. Because when you surrender, when you let go, when you let God, when you get to the end of yourself and you get to the beginning of God, you'll start to see things take place you never thought would take place before. It was when those jail bars came busting wide open that Paul was in there and the choir started singing and and everybody got saved those those uh the the guards the correctional officers changed their lives because paul believed he prayed and something at that moment he couldn't see but he believed and so jesus said bam and the prison doors came wide open they'll do the same thing he will do the same thing in your life if you'll just believe let's rise to our feet let us pray Father God, we come to you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your just who you are. And in this experience, this Emmaus Road experience, God, we thank you. For Father, for, for just today, man, I've loved this time together today. I've loved feeling your presence today. God, I want our people to be stirred within their spirit, to fall deeper in love with you, to accept no matter what they're going through, you already are there, you're with them, and you know them. So, Father, help us all to be just the Cleos of this life. Use us. Reshape us. Father, we surrender to you. Lord, help us to get to know you greater and better. And, Father, I know that, Lord, we have a message to share. And that dear sister in the Lord said, I prayed this morning. My wife heard your voice. She moved. She was praying.